so I think that gender occurs in the brain, sex occurs in the genitals, and orientation occurs in the heart. So, for example, oh my god, no inspirational quotes that was a bit did you come up with that that's amazing that's some original say that again say that again again. welcome to the brown don't frown podcast with your host tanya hardcastle we're here to engage in a thoroughly inclusive conversation with women from different backgrounds shaped by our cultural racial and social experiences we share our stories hello everyone on today's episode we're talking about what is a woman specifically around gender, sexuality, and the right to be female. I'm delighted to be joined by Saint. Hey. And Abby. Hi. So I guess before we get stuck in, we can talk a bit more about one another. So do Saint, do you want to start off talking a bit more about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, Hi, I'm Saint. Um, I'm 29 years old. I identify as a trans male which means that I was born biologically female, but have since transitioned into male. Um, I'm really excited to talk about my experience as a trans person, especially a person of colour. Um, and yeah, really happy to be here. Cool, thank you. What about you, Abby? <clears throat> well, I'm Abby. I am 26 years old. I identify as a female. My sexuality, I don't like to put myself in a box, but to make it easier for everyone, I would identify as bisexual. I don't necessarily go off sex or gender. I go off connections. Right. I don't really know what the term is for that, but we'll call it bisexual. That's an interesting way to put it. As someone who's sort of ticked all the boxes, as it were, as a heterosexual woman, cis woman, I feel like I don't have as much understanding of some of these um, issues around gender and sexuality as Mm. I'd like to. And part of the reason why I've started this I, want, I wanted to explore this episode um, is so that we could discuss more about it and so I could be more open and aware of these sorts of things. So good. I guess we can start off talking about sex and gender versus sexuality as well as gender diversity and trans rights. So in a nutshell, let's just get started with the basics. So biologically, sex by birth is male or female. Do we agree on that? Yeah. No. 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 Tell us why. I was why. not expected to hear that. No. Yeah, I wasn't either. Well, because in biology, there's such thing as someone who's intersex. So that's someone who isn't male or female. Yeah. Or perhaps both. Yeah. I think it's a bit narrow to say that it's one or the other. This actually doesn't affect transness per se, because an intersex person is not necessarily a trans person. But I think we have to recognise that there are male and female and potentially other Male, female. But do you think in terms of sex, Mm. so biologically, even though there are people who are intersex and there's not necessarily a sex in itself that is intersex, do you think by very definition that means that people should be male or female and intersex people, something has quote-unquote gone wrong Mm. in that sense? Do you feel like that is why there are intersex people or do you think that is a separate sex in itself that shouldn't actually be defined as intersex? I but think it's perfectly valid to define someone as intersex. Mm-hmm. I don't so. think yeah. being neither male or female is a bad thing. I think mm. in society we automatically jump to, but you have to choose. But what if you didn't have to choose? What if you could just be intersex? But it's it's really uncommon, and I get why there's so much confusion around it. But I do think there is male, there's female, there's intersex. And maybe there are things that we don't even know about. And it's also to do with chromosomes as well, because people say that, well science speak as it were people say that you know science is something that 
dictates whether or not someone is born male or female and it's to do with what number of chromosomes you have and some people are born with actually 22 as opposed to 23 and that like mm. shifts what you actually identify as yeah but moving on from that i mean gender on the other hand is something that we see as a social construct is determined by our culture our environment um historical structures since when humans came about mm-hmm. so society has essentially created these sorts of norms to be followed by two genders so either male or female because of that we sort of carry our own benefits and privileges based on those two binaries so these sorts of norms aren't just controlled in wider society it's actually something that's been internalized by everyone and that's why I think when you said oh you can be male female or intersex my initial reaction was no Mm. I don't think you can be I don't think we're taught that you can be I think that people who exist as intersex I mean I'm not intersex so I can't really speak for them but from the intersex people I have spoken to, it's like they're almost erased. Mm. Because You've in met an intersex person? Yeah, of course, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've met more than one. Really? Yeah. Um, and it's like, they have to choose very... I mean, they don't actually get to choose. Their parents actually mm. cho- chose, you know, do you fit the male binary or the female binary, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, mm. but I think it's time, I think, in 2020 for us to turn around and say, actually, maybe we were wrong. And there's a lot to learn, but there's also a lot to unlearn. Mm. And I think people need to get comfortable with doing both. So would you say gender is basically like a spectrum where people are in different sort of stages of how they identify? I mean, I don't think it's stages. I just think it's... Because stages implies that there's one more. transition, yeah. Yeah, or there's one less. I think some people would just exist as they are. Right. And I think historically the labels haven't like it hasn't included them a lot of the time if you look in history there are so many examples of people who are two-spirit like there's this term called two-spirit that was really recognized sort of in the ancient world yeah um and now we i mean none of us have probably even been taught mm. that at all so yeah. i think there is time although this is the time i guess to yeah go back and to, yeah. look at the Question. fact that people yeah. exist outside of the norms you know mm. So. Yeah, I think for someone like me as cisgender and as heterosexual, I feel like I've been imbibed with and like sort of desensitised by being heteronormative, essentially. And I feel like it, I, I therefore find it difficult to separate sex and gender for some reason. I don't know why I find that so difficult. Maybe if I had more conversations with other people who had, you know, who identified uh, as a different gender to how they were born in terms of their sex, then maybe I'd have a, a better understanding. So I guess it's our internal sense of gender, our gender identity, as well as how we express our gender or present ourselves to the world, which is essentially our gender expression. So mm. there are two different elements to it. And then sex or sexual orientation is about who we're sexually or romantically attracted to, whether that's the opposite gender or the same or more than one gender or no sexual attraction at all. There is something called asexuality and not many people know about it because they, I think humans, like we can't imagine not being attracted mm. sexually to something or yeah. someone. Something. <laughs> something, object. <laughs> but I guess a person's inner sense of gender identity and the sex they feel matches to who they are um, can sometimes be different from their biological sex that they were assigned at birth. And the strong sense of this is usually felt during our childhood or into our adolescence and then people who identify as having no specific gender may use terms like genderqueer or gender neutral or gender fluid to indicate they don't feel like they fit into the traditional gender categories Mm -hmm. of male or female but I guess what would you say feminism means to you both? To me feminism um, is the belief in the equitable advancement of people regardless of their 
expressions. So it could be race, could be gender, could be sexuality. Um, I say equitable rather than equal because I think there are some groups of people that need more help than other groups. So, for mm -hmm. example, white, heterosexual, cis men probably don't need the same level of quote-unquote help as black, trans women, for example. Right. So I think it should be equitable rather than giving out, you know, here's a little bit, here's a little bit, here's a little bit, as in equally. I think we need to give people a bit of a boost. Some because groups a bit of a boost. Because there is an imbalance. Yeah. If there wasn't, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation because we all know of, like, heteronormity, cisgender. We all know that as yeah. the normal. So yeah. anything that differs from the normal, I think, should have the help. And I, I think as a feminism, we believe that everyone is... Equal. Is, yeah. is equal, yeah. They should be given equitable rights. Yeah. Mm. I like the term equitable as opposed to equal. <laughs> Feminism to me, I'll use the term equality for one of a better term, is about the equality, opportunity and treatment of and rights of both sexes. Yeah. So like you said, Saint, it's not necessarily, you know, you need to give a man £50 pounds and you need to therefore give a woman £50. Pounds. Yeah. You know, you might need to give a woman £70 pounds in this in these circumstances, to make her have equal opportunities as the man. Not necessarily equality in the sense of... Um, so people run the argument, OK, women want to be equal, mm. so would you allow a man to hit you? It, it's not about that. It's about equality of opportunity and equality of rights and just basic respect for both of the sexes or for people regardless of their sex or their gender. I think in recent history, a lot of feminism is kind of centred upon the woman's plight for recognition, um, for just being an individual, being not being, being defined by a man, yeah. um, or for, you know, the men that they have in their lives. Um, and it's a lot, again, about freedom of choice, I think. Yeah. Um, so we no longer want, you know, our minds and our bodies and our destinies determined or being subject to legislation by men. And I think that's a huge part of feminism for me, is kind of coming that's away so from you, that. Yeah. Um, typically by men. You don't often get women who are making legislation about other women's bodies. It's usually white faces in white spaces who determine kind of the destiny of women be it black white anything yeah, right. so i think feminism is about moving away from that norm yeah i came across a really interesting concept and it was by the french writer simone de beauvoir um, and i came across mm. her one of her quotes in the book called data bias which is a new book about how data has been intrinsically biased against uh, women because all the data we've collected so far throughout history about humans has been centered around men mm. and they've been overarchingly it's been overarchingly implied that men are essentially human beings and they represent everyone Okay. But in doing so, they've missed out fifty percent of the world's population, i.e., mm. women. And in that in that book, the author mentions Simone de Beauvoir and says that historically we've identified human beings as men, and women are subordinate to that. They're other. They're the mm. other, and that's how we've accepted women to be. Um, and to me, feminism is something that we need to use to counteract that ideology. So in order to create the belief and the acceptance that you know every single person needs to be treated equally and have rights regardless of their identity or their gender um, and that is as well as you know whether you identify as a, as a female or as a male or as trans or as anything mm. feminism should still be a part and parcel of your identification because at the end of the day it's not there to exclude people who aren't women Mm. it's there to include everyone and a lot of people forget that including myself like I've been that person who forgets mm. I think it's crazy how ingrained it is um, the kind of 
patriarchy because even if you look (laughs) even if you look at the bible for example the first story in the bible is there was a man yeah and then a woman was made from his rib and it's sort of like if that's going to be the beginning point Mm. how do we get to a place where it is actually equal or neutral do you think we can even do that if that's 2000 years Mm. Yeah, more than religion drives Mm. people so much. But I think we can. Like, there are loads of conspiracy theories anyway about the whole Adam and Eve story and that it actually was a woman. But we won't get into that topic for a different day. (laughs) But there are societies to this day that are matriarchal, and in I believe I'm no historian, but I believe in Egyptian times it was not necessarily a matriarchy, but more equal in terms of gender and in terms of sex. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the way men express themselves was Mm. quote unquote fem feminine Mm -hmm. or what we would describe as feminine today so i do think as we both said it's something that is definitely ingrained in us and Mm. moving away from it it is going to take centuries i don't think we can turn around and say within this decade everyone will be equal everything will be equal it's just impossible because you interview someone as small as like a five-year-old and they will have gender bias they will have sex bias they'll have every kind of bias that we would have as adults because it's just conditioned from the media to like family traditions it just is what it is so i think in terms of achieving equality it is a bit of a a utopia for me i don't think that there will ever be equality in any sense especially just because people every human has a different idea of what equality is and what equality looks like to them so i don't think there will ever be this happy equilibrium that we're trying to achieve but you know we can try but it's okay fight. to want utopia like you shouldn't feel like we can't achieve it because it's unrealistic because it's, there's no harm in dreaming about it at least yeah, yeah. I mean we can dream but <laughs> it's actually you know, we have, like yeah because like real people are affected by these things so you have to as much as I believe that people should be dreamers let's be you've real. got to be realistic yeah, yeah. Um, and gender and sexuality are of course inextricably linked what are some examples of their interrelationship I mean I can give you some I guess sexuality is influenced (laughs) and determined by gender norms so for example women forced to enter marriages against their will or being subjected to things like marital rape while boys are told how to behave as men and how to be taken seriously by the family um, or told that they'll be bullied by society or their family because they're not macho enough um, that really sort of defines and separates men and women so in a way sexuality is designed to control women so girls and women are seen as vulnerable and they need to be protected from men virginity is commodified and linked to social status sexuality is defined by gender norms which can be a barrier to accessing health for example so women are you know in many societies even today are are told they should be virgins or chaste or sexually inexperienced and they're therefore discouraged from going to sexual health clinics, for example, for fear of being judged, whereas men are expected to be experienced with sex and may not be aware of safe sex and therefore more vulnerable to STIs because they're just deemed inherently confident about sex. I can't give you examples on top of my head. I know Saint's got a lot to say, so we'll get to that. Let me just give my brief <laughs> stupid point. Okay, you go. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, To be honest, I don't actually have a point. My only oh. point is that I do think they're linked. Mm. I don't think that they should be, but I think they are, and we can't move away from the fact that they just are. So you go on, say, because you've got amazing things to say. No, I, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit controversial, Ooh. as per usual. And I'm going to say that they're not necessarily linked, mm-hmm. gender and sexuality. Um, so I think that gender occurs in the brain, mm-hmm. sex occurs in the genitals, 
and orientation occurs in the heart. So, for example... Oh, my God! No. (laughs) Inspirational quotes. That was a bit... Did you come up with that? That's amazing. That's some original stuff. Say that again, say that again, say that again, say it again. Say it again, say it again, say it again. (laughs) I think that sexuality and gender are assumedly linked. So, Mm. I think that gender occurs in the brain, sex occurs in the genitals, and orientation occurs in the heart. So, for example... There's so many examples of people who identify as lesbian Mm. and then they transition into male, so they're Mm -hmm. trans males, um, and then they date males and they Mm. date trans guys or they they date cis guys. Um, So there's a lot of other examples of people who don't do that. So Mm -hmm. they have their kind of orientation throughout their gender identity. Mm -hmm. So I think that if some people change and some people don't, how can they be inextricably linked? I think there's a connection somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't think we necessarily understand that connection to the fullest, but I don't think it's inextricable because you can have somebody who goes through their lives with many different gender identities and expressions and keeps the same orientation because their heart doesn't change. So yeah, yeah that's do, would you say that you always identified in the way you do currently, or have has your identification with who you are shifted? I think years? it's. I think my identity. I think my <clears throat> identification has shifted, but not my feelings. So okay. when I was younger, I didn't know what I was feeling was being trans. Okay. So when I can remember as early as like six, and looking at other females and thinking, I don't feel like you. I mean, I know I look like you mm. to a certain extent because obviously you're not developed. Right. But I knew that I was different. I didn't know what different actually meant, but I knew I was different. Mm. And then as, as I grew up, then I realised that actually, you know, I've always been masculine, but I've not always identified as trans male. But then when I found out what it was, it was sort of like an epiphany. It was like, oh, wow, mm. that's what I feel like. So my gender, ident- no, my gender expression has always been the same because I've always been masculine. Okay. But my identity has changed because of education. And so how can I, how can you say that that education, because it's so changing, because I yeah. could have gone to a different place in a different school and had a different my, gender mm, identity, yeah. but my orientation has stayed the same. I've always been attracted to females. So before so I knew what I was, the same, yeah. I knew what I liked. And that hasn't changed. And if I were to mm. continue with my transition, maybe I'll be attracted to males one day. So your no, sexuality has mm-hmm. been the same so far, but your gender has that's changed, yeah. changed. And do you think that's partly because of the environment that you grew up in, or do you think it was from your own internal feelings no, or I think combination? It was always there. But yeah. I think okay. The environment helped me decipher what I felt. Mm. So if you grow up somewhere where you never know what a gay person is, but you yeah. feel same-sex attraction, you're not going to know that you're gay. Mm. You're right. just going to know that you feel something feel that different. isn't quite explain somewhere else so that's been my experience what about you Abby um, yeah did you always feel like growing up that you were happy being the gender that you were and sexuality wise did you feel like you were attracted to the opposite sex or did you feel um, different? I've always been comfortable in my gender I've never felt as though I was someone quote-unquote trapped in the wrong body I didn't feel as though I should have been a male mm. or I should be a man I've never felt any kind of issues in terms of my gender expression or internally like my gender yeah um in terms of sexuality i think i knew from very young that i was attracted to other females really from what age yeah i think from (laughs) so (laughs) so (laughs) so my first like experience i hope my mum doesn't hear this (laughs) so my first like experience you said same (laughs) okay from what i remember was like in year two 
And how old are you in year two? You're about yeah. six. Yeah. And that's my baby sister now, so that's quite a scary thought to think about that. Because oh, my wow. sister is six. And if she ever said... Yeah, anyway. So that was, like, my first experience of, like, oh, hang on a minute. But, you know, whatever. I'm six, so what really... What can I do about it? Wow. Then the next experience, I think I was about ten. So about ten or eleven, that's, like, in year six going into year seven. I felt it again with someone in particular. And I kind of realised, like, oh, okay... What, why am I feeling what I'm feeling towards another girl? Like, this isn't quote-unquote normal because right. I grew up going to church and, you know, the message is always, you know, you grow up, you find a husband, blah, 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 blah. And that was kind of what was ingrained in my head. So then I got to about... Went through school life. I had my little boyfriends. We didn't really do anything. Got to about 16, 17, and I was like, hang on a minute. Like, I genuinely feel, feel like... Factory, yeah. yeah, like, this yeah. is something... And it feels normal to me. So a lot of people run the argument, oh, you know, you chose to... I don't class myself as gay, but let's just call it gay. You chose to be gay. Like, this is the lifestyle you chose. It's not natural. It's not normal. (laughs) But for me, it's kind of... It is within me. Like, I can't help it. I can't help the fact that I will look at another woman and feel a sexual attraction. I can also look at a man and feel a sexual attraction. Call me bisexual if you you may. Um, So I kind of... I've always been comfortable in the fact that I like men and I like women. Um, Like I said, like, back in year six, we did swimming lessons at school... And we all were kind of like free, you know, we yeah. take our clothes yeah, off, yeah. and like, woo, let's get changed. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> gosh, like, oh, we're getting changed now, are we? Like, yeah, like, I feel like, oh, because, you know, we all started like Girls developing. <laughs> yeah, and I went to an all girl school, and no, oh, that's not the reason, like, oh, people, people don't say that. Me. People always say that, don't they? <laughs> they do, they say, like, oh, oh you went to all girl school, you're going to be happy. silly because that means that everyone that went to an all girl school, yeah, exactly. and they're not. That so. doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a stupid stereotype. But, yeah. no, I remember one time in particular, like, I just remember looking. Uh, and it was more than, like, a gen- general just or genuine intrigue. It was like a... Damn. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sexual I mean, attraction. I was 10, so I don't know about damn, but I was like, oh, You okay. felt something. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, this is great. And, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I've always, like, I had my boyfriends. I pushed it to the side because of... I guess you could say Christianity, I'm not religious anymore. Um, But then I realised, I really came into myself, I think, about the age of 17. That's Um, quite young though, still. Do you think? Yeah, I don't think I was mature. Really? Yeah. That's when I came came out as, oh, I like women. And And did you make that known to your family or was it just... You're crazy. No, not No, to my friend. Well, to my sister, actually. Right. I told her. Was she supportive? Yeah, she was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> this is cool, but, you know. Because, to be fair, it was a bit of a fad. Like, yeah. at the time when I came out, it you was a bit of a trend. A phase. No, 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 I didn't oh, think I was in a different phase, but I think people did. And yeah, I was yeah. worried that people would think, oh, she's just doing it for fashion. Yeah, which I genuinely wasn't. Um, so she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, and then, you know, my mum found out later on down the line, and it's never really been a problem, per se. But, yeah, I've always known that. I can be attracted to anyone regardless of their gender or their sex. So that's my story. It's different for everyone. Yeah, I guess if we scale it back and think about sexuality and its link with feminism more widely, Mm -hmm. there has been this alliance um, between feminists and gay women in the hope that lesbians could sort of fight against their oppression as women and their marginalisation as homosexuals with the support of feminism. Um, And at the same time, women could liberate themselves from that oppression by making themselves sexually independent of men. And I guess same-sex love was sort of a political symbolism for, I guess, 
acting out or rebelling against the patriarchy, essentially. And a lot of the time, I think that's how um, women who or lesbian women were seen. They weren't mm. taken seriously mm. by yeah, straight women. They were mm. just they just were seen as oh, they're just rebelling because they burning lesbians. Yeah, so. <laughs> and it's, and that's not the case. So mm. I think it's important for feminism to recognise how important it is to be able to identify freely um, with whatever sexuality you identify as, as well. What do you think, guys, before we jump on to trans, being transgender and transsexual? I feel like that's like a massive jump, so let's, let's try and contain this. <laughs> um, so your, sorry, say so your question. Do you think feminism as it is today accommodates <clears throat> the non-cisgender heterosexual female? Does feminism accommodate heteronormativity? Is that what you're saying? No, non-heteronormativity. Non- okay. Hmm. Because I know you both mentioned that feminism is a very personal thing, so everyone's mm-hmm. got their own affiliation with it, but would you say the mainstream feminist wave is mm. accommodating to anyone who isn't, a female who isn't straight um, and who perhaps identifies not necessarily as female? So like a trans? Yeah. Absolutely not. a female though. Hmm? That wouldn't be classed as a female. No, as in, like, how do I explain this? You know how, like, some women don't identify... Like, they don't like to label themselves as feminine. They're just like, mm. I'm neutral. Like, mm. I don't have... I don't want to be a label. So, like, a trans female as well, like... I guess, yeah. I don't... The mainstream movement... Of course not. Because I don't think the mainstream movement accommodates anyone apart from white women. Like, that's why we speak about intersectionality, because my yeah. plight as a black woman is completely different to the plight of an Asian woman or a white woman or, you know, any quote-unquote other kind of woman. I feel as though there is a lot of stick for those who aren't biologically or traditionally female or women in that sense. And who aren't feminine. Of, exactly, in terms of yeah. joining the movement. I feel like yeah. men can be feminists and that's not a problem. But for instance... The example that we all go to is kind of, let's say, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know you're going to roll your eyes. But it's the only... It, yeah. It's like what millennials will no, understand. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's the first... That's how they associate. Exactly. Yeah. So, let's just talk about Caitlyn. And the reason in particular why I want to talk about Caitlyn is when she won the Woman of the Year Award. Big controversy. And yeah. I want your opinion on this as well, saying. Yeah, I'm particular. sure you have a lot to say. Because, so, a lot of... Yeah, women had a problem <laughs> because it was like, okay, you've lived your life as, as a, a male, rich white man, and you're privileged. Yeah, exactly. You're that. privileged. You haven't experienced misogyny. You haven't yeah. experienced, um, you know, poverty. You haven't experienced menstruating. Yeah. You haven't experienced bearing a child. You haven't experienced anything kind struggles. of to do with the biology of a, a female, female or the social struggles of a woman, and then you turn around. And you come out as a trans woman. I'm playing devil's advocate here, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come out as a trans woman and then you get a Woman of the Year award. Mm. So I think a lot of women did feel kind of... I'm not going to say otherwise, but... Yeah, they (laughs) felt like, oh, how how dare you kind of come in and... And just seize it from me. Yeah, like, you have the ability to kind of opt in to being a female. I was born with this. I've lived this struggle. I've dealt with it. You haven't had any of that, but you can kind of turn around at the age of 60 old, whatever you are, okay. and be like, yeah. I'm this person now. Give me all the glory for being brave, which I commend in its own right, but I also understand the other side of the coin. Yeah. Um, so back to your question, I don't think that the mainstream feminine, feminist movement is accommodating to anyone apart from 
white women, I think. I think we all have yeah. our own movements in Absolutely. their own right. Yeah. And the white female movement gets more traction than any other movement. And yeah. that's just the, the society we live in. Yeah. And you mentioned being transgender and use the example of Caitlyn Jenner. Um, I'm going to go to you now, Saint. Um, what would you say the difference fundamentally between being transgender and being transsexual? Because I think those two um, terms are conflated quite often. I think people get quite offended mm. by that. Um, so for me, I don't... For me personally, I don't think there's a huge difference. I mm. think we often call it trans with that asterisk to encompass being transgender because, I mean, if you look at the dictionary, transgender means having the gender that you were not born with. Yeah. And transsexual is somebody who, A, goes and physically changes that. So someone who's a trans woman physically goes and transitions. Yeah. That's what a quote-unquote transsexual is. But I think in recent ter- times, being called a transsexual is a slur. I mean, it's, you could say by the dictionary it's correct, but people have taken that word and used it to hate people. In the fullest sense of the term. So that's yeah. why trans is used as an alternative, because it's like yeah. more colloquial and like more accepting of Yeah, and trans being transgendered people. is a bit more sort of soft, I guess. It's, mm. It encompasses okay. everyone from the person who wakes up in the morning and says, oh my God, I realise now I'm trans right through to the person who's had all the surgeries, all the hormones, etc. They're the same. If you're transgendered, you're the same at every point. So I like that because there's an equality across being trans socially, trans physically, and every other way you can be trans. There's no sort of right or wrong way to be trans. Um, But I wouldn't continually use the term transsexual just because it's been used to hurt a lot of people. Right. Okay. Okay. In terms of our interpretations of trans feminism, because I understand it exists separate to feminism as a wider concept, just because of the exclusionary system through which f- mainstream feminism has been embedded. So in terms of what our interpretation of it is, um, I looked up a few bits and bobs in my research, and there's a, quite a mainstream transgender and social activist called Emi Koyama, and she says that there are two fundamental principles to it. Firstly, all people should not be allowed to live their own lives in whichever way. Should not only be allowed. All people should not only be allowed to live their own lives in whichever way they choose and define themselves however they feel is right, but should also be respected by society for their individuality, which is inclusive of individualised gender expression without fear. And secondly, every individual has every right to possess complete control over their own bodies. Now, Saint, as someone who was born female and now socially identifies as male, would you say you are treated differently by the trans community as someone who hasn't physically transitioned? Wait, pause. Sorry. Ask the question again. But you mentioned that you don't, if I'm right, you don't think that sex and gender are linked. So there's a connection. Connection, but they're not linked. People don't understand. So when Tanya asks you... You were born as female, but now you identify as male. So Would you true. say, no, I was born as female, I'm biologically female, but I identify as a man? Or would you say, I identify as a male? Like, is there a difference for you, a or is it one in the same? Yeah. Because if you said that they're connected, but they're separate, what what is it for you? So if someone was to say, you're a male, would you be offended, like, well... Like, like, how technical is it for you? Yeah. Or am I going to do it? I'm actually interested it? in I'm that. Just oh, I don't think that's too deep at all. Yeah. I think 
being honest, mm. if I were to see the term biologically female, <laughs> it's a little bit triggering. Okay. Right? Because it's it's almost immaterial because I've said I'm a trans male. So okay. the the kind of connotation is that I wasn't born a male. Regardless, mm-hmm. I could have been born intersex. I could right. have been born... Mm. No so we're else. overlooking that when we say that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we're simplifying it too much by saying... Yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I don't actually have a problem. I just think that for some people it would be... You know, if you go into a trans space, for example, with a lot of trans men, and then you start saying to them... Hey, you're biologically female. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit rude. Like when you when you say it like that, it sounds a bit. Yeah. So, but but it's you know you could say yeah, but that's actual fact. That's scientific mm. fact. And it's like yeah, that's true. But the same way you'd see someone on the road with blonde hair, you wouldn't run up to them and say, "Hey, you're biologically brunette." It's sort of it's unnecessary. It's not to say it's wrong. It's Even if they unne- are, exactly, you don't know. It's yeah. Unnecessary. Right. Yeah. And that could make somebody's feelings, you know, quite hurt. So I would never go around saying, hey, guys, I'm biologically female, but I actually identify as this. It's right. It's, it's right. right. But, but if someone said that to you, would you be offended? Not offended. I think I'd more say, why is that bit? Why did you put that bit first? Because mm. in putting that bit first, there is a connotation that, hey, remember who you are. Mm. Remember yeah. where you came from. This is from. not the real you. Which is what I really yes. don't like and that's, about... That's the big yeah. problem with the whole trans mm-hmm. movement. I think the... The fundamental issue that people have with trans people is that they think that they're masquerading as what they've said their identity is. Yeah. And I think on doing that notion, is we're not masquerading, that's just who we, who are. we are. We didn't yeah. come through the normal, quote unquote, way mm-hmm. that you expected, but mm-hmm. that's still who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not yeah. someone masquerading as a man. If I, I wouldn't choose to be transgender, why would I? It's difficult. It's mm. difficult, yeah. So, I'm people not don't masquer- yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this for fun. It's yeah. just who I am. So. And a lot of people, I think, put it down to... Sorry, I know you haven't finished answering. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of people put it down to, like I said before, a choice. Yeah, exactly. And I really want us to move away from that narrative because it's so, so frustrating to hear, think, like, yeah. you chose this lifestyle. Like, what is a lifestyle? That's My like lifestyle is, like, the crap yeah. that I eat. Like, not, yeah. not who I... Not who I date and who I'm mm. just literally naturally that's attracted like to. That's like orientation. just complete, like... Tanya, you become a lesbian tomorrow. Yeah, like, it yeah. just went, like, you, you can't. can't. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not a choice. Yeah, it's not a choice. Sexuality yeah. is not a choice. Mm. The same way, I know, you, I know the label's not quite fitting, but your mm. bisexuality is not a choice. My being transgendered mm. shouldn't even be in the same conversation because it's not a sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. But that's by the by. That's mm. still not a choice. No. Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I don't choose to be attracted to females. I just am. Mm. Yeah. And I, think I it... don't choose not to be attracted to men. I'm just not. Mm. So. And yeah. yeah, I like that. Very well put. And I think I would love to see a day where there wasn't... Well, okay, I can't say this as someone who is not trans, but for me in an ideal world, it would get to a place where we didn't have to put the trans before it and kind of you would make that transition and then you are a man or you are a woman yeah because i think the whole trans label again puts you into like the other category and it's like a, oh remember you are you look at your not bits quite. like you're not quite a man yeah. but you know we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you change your passport yeah. and we'll let you change your driver's a license a lot of the trans so, people i know will mm. never say I'm a trans mm. ex. They'll just say I'm Because that yeah. is denoting that it's lesser than or different. Yeah, yeah. And for me, myself, I don't have a problem doing it because I don't see it as different. You know, mm. I'm not the same as a cis male. We didn't have the same upbringing. We didn't grow mm. up with the same social constrictions mm-hmm. as each other, but we can still be men. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I think we kind of... If we could 
in my ideal world, we could get away from this notion of being different as being bad. Yeah. Everyone can be different. I can be trans. That person could be trans. You don't have to say it. But if mm. you do say it, so what? Yeah. It's people like are afraid people, they people are not like, mm. they're not afraid to say, oh, you know, again with the hair thing, people who dye their hair blonde, they're not afraid to say they're brunette because no. there's, there's no, there's no construct yeah. that says mm. blonde is better than, well, sometimes there's nothing that yeah. says blonde is better than brunette. So mm. people don't feel this stigma of saying, well, I used to be brunette. It's like, no, I dyed my hair babe. Mm. It's like, that's fine. Babe. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Why can't it be fine? Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds a bit like flippant. Yeah, it makes it makes sense for that example. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and Abby, as someone who is bisexual, would you define yourself as a sex positive feminist? And and by that I mean that variations and expressions of female sexuality is empowering to women because it gives them the freedom to choose their sexual preference or would you say by contrast no women should be women and it should only fancy the opposite sex because that's what real feminism is well I think you know what my answer is <laughs> a very obvious I question I feel like I don't need to answer this but let me just um, do your run 100% I think sexual freedom is like an essential component of being a woman for me anyway um, that's for instance why I despise the word ho, whore, mm. slag any kind of derogatory or term that's been made to have like derogatory connotations because Again, I feel like mm, specifically not specific- men yeah, yeah yeah of course um, because I can choose to be a virgin until I'm married and get respect I can choose to be promiscuous and still demand respect I think that either ends of the spectrum you can still have like respect for yourself and you can still have dignity um, yeah. so yeah I would call myself a sex positive feminist 100%. absolutely and I think yeah. that's where we get our empowerment from so a lot of people kind of feel as though for instance women shouldn't be strippers or prostitutes and obviously there are a lot of moral complexes yes. that come with that but I believe that as long as you're not being abused you're not harming anyone and you're not harming yourself the choice of a woman to kind of choose because I could be a stripper and I can feel empowered and bold by the fact that you know I can have men's power to me yeah Yeah. exactly because I do think that sexuality and sex in itself can be an art and I think like femininity in itself is like an art like the art of seduction there's books on the art of seduction and so I feel like it can be a really empowering thing for women but at the same time it obviously can be degrading I'm not naive to that fact but again it's about freedom of choice and I think that is what is crucial for me yeah. in terms of feminism. And that comes into sexu- being confident with your sexuality as a woman because mm-hmm. men are historically very hyper-confident when it comes to their sexuality and exercising their right to, mm-hmm. um, you know... <laughs> women. <laughs> yeah, basically project their feelings onto women even mm. if it's un- you know unsolicited. And that affects you know pe- us, it pe- affects people around us. So, for example, even today, to be considered a proper man or a proper woman, woman we are pressurised to act 100% heterosexual and stay conform to that gender stereotype. Mm. And that damages self-confidence, mental health and our sense of identity and our sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And even as a young person growing up, like I was nervous about being sexually confident and being free and, 
you know, having sex with whoever I wanted because culturally that was very restricted. And I was told from a young age that, you know, having sex outside of marriage was a very, very bad mm. thing. Like you should never do it. And even having conversations with my grandma, like before she passed away a few years ago and I was like in my twenties and she was like, I really hope you haven't mm-hmm. had sex and stuff like that. And obviously I do because of whatever, but that still <laughs> makes me think like, oh my God, it's still like deep down in my head. I'm like, holy shit, maybe I am doing something wrong. And that sort of feeling I feel like restricts me from actually being as liberated as I want to be sexually. Mm. Well, let's not get too much into that because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, 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 I agree. I think... Oh, it's just annoying. Like, I have friends who will talk to me and they're kind of like, oh, you know, I like this guy. Well, female friends. I like this guy, you know, I want to have sex with him, but, you know, my body count's like three. And I'm like, girl. Seriously. <laughs> girl. <laughs> You need to, like, calm down. And it's like, why are you worried about your body? Yeah, like, yeah. What does that even mean? Like, What does it mean? Sleep with the guy. If that's what you want to do, do it. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Like, move on. I don't have time to entertain this conversation. Because to me, it's just, yeah, like... Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like, oh, no, but, you know, yeah. one day I'm going to have to tell my husband that I've slept with, like, five guys. And it's like, first of all, no, you don't. Because any man that you meet shouldn't be asking you yeah. how many people you've slept with, first of all. And it's kind of like, why do you... Why should you stop enjoying yourself... Because you're worried about what this guy who you don't even know yet, he might not even exist, he mm. might not even get married. Mm. Um, like, why are you worried about how he will judge you or how he will perceive you? And, like, your worth as a woman is not based upon, like, how many men you've slept with. Like, I just don't... I've never understood it. But it, it really frustrates me. What don't about you, you think saying? it comes back yeah. to that point of unlearning, though? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, absolutely. It's funny because <laughs> as someone, I guess, who's gone from... I hate to say I hate to say gone from one to the other because yeah. I always was something. <laughs> but for the purpose of this conversation, is <laughs> is is it is a really interesting perspective because having now, quote unquote, transitioned, mm. it's like there is a new empowerment for me. I don't. I to be honest, I never really felt all of that. Mm. But obviously, being grown up as a female, you are told certain things yeah. whereas now it's almost like that's all fell by the wayside and it's 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 almost the op like it's the opposite it's like do you think so why is your body yeah. count not in a hundred you know why yes. is why now is it's that? about sexual empowerment yeah. isn't it yeah yeah but i i don't know <laughs> if that comes from transitioning <laughs> that's not, yeah or it comes from i think i think it more comes from age as in yes definitely i now yeah, feel yeah. like my worth is not determined of by course myself yeah, yeah which yeah. is why i don't mm. mind saying i'm trans i don't mind saying i'm male it doesn't matter to me i am what i am yeah mm. but with with the you know specifically towards body count it's like it's really phenomenal how like women and men have completely different a completely different set of ingrained standards yeah yeah but again it goes back to prehistoric times you know you got kings with trillions of wives <laughs> I've never heard of a queen with trillions of husbands no, no. and that oh, is what really wives. gets on my nerves because it's like ladies we can also live our best lives like why not true, and sometimes it is true it goes deeper than, than that like um no, without meaning to quote like an Insta star, but Amber Rose, I love her like for for my own reasons. She's brilliant. She, she is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and she, is. she said something. So when the whole um, when the whole when the Harvey Weinstein um, kind of scandal, I mean, came to publicity, she said um, fifty men will call a one woman a hoe, and you'll believe it. But fifty women will call one man a rapist, and you have reason to question it. And when I saw that, I thought. 
like mind blowing because it's the truth and it's real and it comes back. Oh, I just, oh, I, just I, can't, I, don't, I can't get into this. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it stresses me out. It really upsets me. Yeah. It really, really upsets me. And I wish, in like in a sexual sense, I really do want men and women to be equal. I want women to... But that to, isn't the case right now. Ne- and yeah. it will never be the case. I like, overheard, it will never yeah. be the case. I think it's better than it was, though. It definitely is, yeah. I mean, is it? it? Yeah. I, I mean, think you think that, but sometimes you overhear things and then you think, no, we haven't actually progressed. I, I recently heard a woman tell another woman, it's a conversation I overheard, oh, your mileage is very high. You need to, like, limit it. And I was See, just this like, is the are thing. you effing because kidding me? women, we don't help each other. Like, we will we will be the first... Come on. We'll be the first ones to turn around to another woman yeah. and be like, oh, he's like... Oh, you said to the first one. If you're under our brand, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That boils my blood. Oh, don't. You could go outside naked. It doesn't give anyone the right to your body. No, you don't. Because I mean? this is a different debate. And I'll literally it's talk true. I mean, that all depends as well on, like, yeah... I've got a lot of things to say about that, but I won't. I mean, we could get into it. You can edit it out, baby. Because, um, yeah. yeah. Part, two. part two, yeah. When do you think the existence of heteronormativity as a concept negates the ability to be fluid, both in terms of our gender and sexuality, or do you think they can coexist? Like, can you be heteronormative but still be open to gender and sexual fluidity as a person? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just depends on you. Yeah. What is your level of ignorance? You can sit in your ivory tower. <laughs> Sorry. What is your level of ignorance? I like that. It's true. But if What's you, your just rating? because you come from a privileged background doesn't mean you can't mm. understand or empathise with people who don't. Yeah. I think mm. if you come from a different, a privileged background and you don't do that, that's a choice you're making. Mm. And to say, well, you know, I don't know, I've never experienced it, so therefore I'm going to be ignorant, it doesn't wash with me, to be honest. Because mm. I don't know the struggles of some a, a female who's going through FGM, for example... I can have empathy and try mm. to, you know, help her struggle. I don't go through it myself. In fact, I'm very privileged to even be on this podcast and talk about being transgendered so openly. There are millions of people mm. in the world yeah, yeah, who can't even able. think that mm-hmm. they might be that, let alone come on a public forum. And not have a platform to talk about it, yeah. Yeah, mm. so I can empathise with those people. Just because I'm in a privileged position, I should use my privilege to help those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we really touched upon this, but... Should we talk about a bit more about the positive and negative impacts of gender norms relating to sexuality for men and women? So, for example, assumptions about women are they're victims of sexual violence, they're, they aren't able to exert their power in sexual relationships, they're very submissive or passive, men are considered strong, they can manage sexual relationships, and there's not enough understanding, for example, around men's vulnerabilities when it comes to sexuality because they're expected to know everything, whereas for women, we undermine their sexual empowerment and their sexual intelligence even so how does that impact this is the question and when i thought about this or as i think about this (laughs) i struggle to find many positives um in terms of like yeah gender norms relating to sexuality like i off the top of my head i can't think of anything positive and i don't know if that's because i'm a pessimist um but in terms of the negatives as you said or as you kind of touched upon um it's just very assumative. Like, there's the mm. assumption that, you know, women can't enjoy a liberal sex life, mm. um, that it has to be rooted in kind of trauma or another complex if a woman is sexually liberal or free or just doesn't necessarily yeah. attach any emotion to sex. It's kind of like, oh, you must have been raped, you must have yeah, daddy issues, be, yeah. there must be something, when yeah. that's not necessarily the case. Whereas well, men can separate it, can't mm. they? Yeah, sex and, I, and like, it's yeah. possible. Um, you know, men are kind of expected to do that. That's another assumption, that men can't be 
emotionally, sure. sexually, any kind of vulnerable, and which isn't necessarily the truth. Also, the assumption um, that they have to be promiscuous. And also, another assumption is that women must be maternal. Yeah. Which is another assumption that I really... A huge pressure, I think, a lot of people face, especially amongst our generation. If people express that they don't want to have kids, I mean, the backlash. Wow. Wow. Or they somehow think you're lesser than if you Mm. kind of get to a certain age and you haven't had kids or you don't have a husband. It's kind of like, oh, you've missed something. That's it. Tracy Ellis Ross, I posted this video on my Facebook page ages ago and she's obviously 50 however old she is and she's obviously accomplished so much in her life Mm. outstanding career outstanding woman yeah and she says that people will still kind of give her the kind of pity look like oh you know you've oh who's your husband like you don't have kids and it's kind of like i've done so much with my life so much more that is than is defined by another man like why do you still look at me and kind of pity me or think yeah. that my accomplishments mean nothing just because I don't have a husband or yeah. I've chosen not to have children? Um, so yeah, like the whole gender and sex thing. I please prove me wrong. I just really don't see anything positive that goes with conflating the two and not being able to separate. I think it does more harm than good. <clears throat> Sorry, by not being able to separate the two. That's just my yeah. opinion. Um, in terms of like what I've experienced and what I've seen. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I can put it better myself. Forgive me if I sound really ignorant here, but what do we think, perhaps this is more for Abby and, and myself, what do we think being trans is like? Yeah, for I me, like yeah, I mean, I, I recently watched, so at the moment my go-to person is Paris Lees because she seems to be someone who um, really breaks it down as it is based on her experience um, going through the trans process. Um, and she sort of helped me debunk my own <laughs> preconceptions of transgender and transsexual people. So I recently watched a Paris Lees interview and it actually helped me debunk my own preconceptions of the trans movement and trans people. Her cat had recently died and she'd never previously lost a pet before. So she assumed that it was no big deal and would tell her friends to get over it if their dog died. But when it happened to her, she realised her lack of sympathy for her friends who'd <coughs> lost pets. And she said that from that, the take home was that she's tried to explain to people what it's like to be trans. But she said, I can't make you understand it. She said, all I can do is ask that you take my word for it. I kind of yeah. feel like that applies to every kind of yeah. different in life, I yeah, kind of feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. anything that could happen to anyone. Yeah, I just couldn't conceptualise it in my head. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's brought it home for me now. I think it's just as simple as that. Yeah, it's exactly. It's being, not yeah. Being trans is not like anything. You, you could feasibly ask me what being human is like. Mm. It's completely different for me mm-hmm. to someone else who still identifies as maybe a trans man of colour. Completely different walks of life, completely different individuals. And so being trans is not one thing. Yeah. Mm. Being trans, what it is to be trans is what it is to be human. Have That's you had any bad experiences, though, as a trans person? Bad experiences? Do you feel like you've been discriminated against or missed out on something because of how you identify? No, I actually think it brought me more blessings than... Really? Me. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I, that I think I'm lucky. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I, think, I think my experience has been very lucky. I've mm. not really lost anyone. No one I cared about, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've not really lost anyone. I've, yeah. not, I've, I've actually gained more from being real with myself. Than That's nice. You're being true being to real. yourself. Yeah. yeah I, would never, I would never change it. I said earlier I wouldn't choose it, but it has come to me so I'm going to make mm. the best of it yeah. but honestly I can say I haven't really been I haven't been discriminated 
discriminated against, actually. Mm. I would more say I've had more discriminatory experiences based on my hairstyle rather than mm. my gender identity or yeah. even my sexual preference. Question. I think we, I probably asked you this personally, but for the podcast, um, you say that you haven't experienced anything negative or like any kind of overt discrimination. Mm. Yeah, what is it? What is it like navigating like the professional space? Because you're very you're yeah, a high flyer in your career. Like yeah. when it even if it comes down to simple like tick boxing, so you're applying for a job. Mm. Okay, no, you don't. You don't state your gender. Not really. For a job, but kind no. of like when you're. Like, yeah, just how do you navigate the yeah. workspace and, like, what do you tell people who you've never met? Mm. Like, how... How do you introduce yourself? If you, it, yeah. depends. it entirely depends on yeah. the situation. you always got to read the room. Mm. Yeah. If I'm in a space where I feel comfortable or safe, because mm. safety is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not for me personally, but it is a big thing for being trans generally. Yeah. Um, then I will introduce myself as I am. If mm-hmm. I'm... Is, you know where it becomes difficult is when people assume first and you don't get a chance. Because a lot of the time, mm. I don't get the chance to say, by the way, I'm trans. People will just start saying she. Mm. Or they'll just start, you know, they'll start with this unconscious bias they already have because they see what they see. Mm. So I wouldn't say it's hard. I would just say it's kind of difficult to almost kind of guide people back to the start line and say, mm. oh, by the way, you know, what you thought is not really the case. Luckily enough, when I've done that, people have been like, oh, yeah, totally get it. Mm. Like, no one's actually At ever work. expressed, yeah. People wow. have never expressed, like, oh, my God, really? You? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like... It's like, oh, okay, I see that now. Because mm. I find, this can sound maybe really cliche, but mm. I find that people treat me that way anyway, even when they don't know. So a lot of the times I've been in situations where... You're treated as... Yeah, I am. I really am. A lot of people, I'm not sure they know (laughs) that they do that. They don't know that, but they expect certain things of me. For example, going shopping with my girlfriend, who is feminine, like we'll go shopping and, for example, if there are big bags, people give it to me. (laughs) Now, if you think we're both female, why would you not just give it to both of us? They'll give it to me. If If we're in a restaurant, we're eating, they'll give me the bill. If yeah. we get into the car, they'll ask me what are the directions where you go in. You could say yeah because you're crazy. Make a bit more that's still happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of really real. Well. And even you know, you go into a shop. People address me first and say, "Hey, what are you looking for?" Even if I'm you're, not shopping, yeah, yeah, yeah. People expect that of me all the time, and it's been like that for my whole life. And then when they so when I say, "By the way, I'm trans," they're kind of like. I, some people do it, some people don't. Some people are just like, oh, yeah, cool. But some people are like, oh, that's why I felt that way. That's happened to... That conversation I've had a trillion times. Like, yeah, so in a way you feel like you've been privileged as yeah, a male. Yeah, I do, I do. Mm. No, not yeah. all the time, but yeah. I think in certain situations with yes. certain things like that, I don't see it as privilege. I just see people in their binary minds thinking, oh, my God, male this female. person's a bit... Yeah. Mm. Somewhere. Yeah. Let me just put them there. But they clearly mm. have a, hi- a hierarchy between yeah, they do, men I and think. women. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they... admittedly, even like when I first met you, I have I have never met anyone who identifies as trans. Um, I don't think I have. Is. Yeah. In person, I haven't. I mean, any, no. anywhere. I yeah. mean, you have to meet someone in person. Don't you? Hey. <laughs> there you go, Saint. Where your where your crown? <laughs> but so, admittedly, when I first saw you. I just assumed that you were a masculine presenting woman. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, we've had this conversation and that's what I thought. But again, that's me and my binary and ignorant mind thinking, okay, I've seen this person. I have to put them in a box. And mm. I dislike that. I dislike the fact that I did that. You did that, yeah. But I appreciate that is what the human it's mind does. Like we, everyone does, we, everyone does it. Boxes. Boxes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we're all happen. human, like you said. Everyone, like, we yeah. all yeah. look yeah. at people. We put them into a box. We judge them, whether that's negative so, or positive. And we say, okay, like, yeah. you know, if you had, like, a short haircut and, like, a checkered shirt on, I'd be like, okay, right, who's this butch lesbian? Let me put her over there. Like, it's not... You know, I shouldn't say that, but that, yes, that, that's, that is that's what our, we think, yeah. and it is inherent in us, been, so... Yeah. Do you find that offensive that. if someone... No, I, I think no, you we don't have think to get it's comfortable offensive. so that we okay. can unpick that. Yeah. Mm. That's why I never really get angry if people misgender me, because it's kind of like, yeah, but that's their inherent, you know, unconscious brain. You can't even control that. Mm. And you can't respond to that with, like, a defence attack. You need to, you know... Mm acknowledge it and say okay I understand that you feel this way but have you looked at this and that's yeah. like the best way to do. address yeah some people get quite why. aggressive yeah. and they're like oh well you don't understand sometimes it. you do have to defend yourself yeah. sometimes mm, yeah. you do have to stand up and say no this is wrong but for me I think where I've been very privileged is I've never really had to do that mm. people have been open enough to say oh you're trans okay yeah, sit down and talk to me about that what does that mean mm. um, but again I know people who have had the complete opposite experience and people are really, the same people I talk about who would never identify as trans male are the same people often who have gone through some sort of trauma because of their transness and mm. they need to be heard too. And if they are defensive and they are aggressive, we have yeah. to just say, do you know what, mm. that's fine because that's where you've come from. I personally mm. haven't, but some people have and they're just as valid. So I guess removing the personal from wider society what do we think like the experience of trans people tells us about gender as a whole? The concept, the construct of gender or genders. Mm-hmm. That is fluid. Mm-hmm. That everyone's is different. Just because I call myself a trans male, it doesn't mean my experience is the same as another trans male. Mm-hmm. Just like a cis woman, your experience is different to Abby's. You're mm-hmm. both cis women though. You're mm-hmm. both even people yeah. of colour. Why are you yeah. not the same? That's, Still that's not the like same. me trying to say, well, why can't you tell me about Abby's experience? Because you're not the same. And what? I'm not even the same as the next black woman. Exactly. Like, it's, no, exactly. it's, it's all no. completely exactly. different. Exactly. So. And that should negate our predisposition to box people and mm. categorise them. Yeah. I think, like, bottom line is it tells us it's individual. And yeah. you have to take the time to learn and know and respect that individual. I think that's mm. just basic human decency. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Brown Don't Brown podcast. If today's discussion interested you or you want to share your story, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Brown Don't Brown podcast and on Twitter at BDF podcast. You can also reach me on my blog at tanyasweeklydose.com. Join the conversation using the hashtag Brown Don't Brown podcast. Please like, share and subscribe. Thank you.